0: Hey, this is Keith Paget, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, Episode 53. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast where I interview nomadic entrepreneurs who are running a business while traveling full-time. Today, I am recording this episode from the parking lot of Winnebago's customer service department in Forest City, Iowa where dreams come true. Actually, no, this week dreams are actually coming true, because we had a long list of things we need to get fixed on our RV. Uh, it was just piling up over time, and it was much easier to hop in the RV and drive up to Four City, Iowa, where we've never been. This is our first trip up here. Uh, we're actually getting the tour of the Winnebago factory today to see where the magic happens, where these RVs are actually made. But anyway, it was easier to come up here and get our rig fixed. There was just a bunch of things, uh, small tears on our seats, things like that. Nothing inhibiting a Uh, us living our lives Uh, but just a lot of small things that happen you know I pay a lot you pay pay a lot of money for an RV you expect them to work properly so the good folks at Winnebago are taking care of us this week but it did give us a little bit of a detour we're supposed to be in Florida right now we're in Iowa so instead of you know nice beaches and white sands and warm water uh, we get to see a lot of cornfields that don't even have corn in them right now because it's still just ending of winter. Anyway, today on the podcast is actually not an interview. Today is a live recording of Eric and Brittany Highland from the RV Entrepreneur Summit. Eric and Brittany are two of our really good friends. We spent a good bit of time camped next to them back in October. And Eric and I would go on morning walks each morning and just talk about life and business and everything else. And he was about to have another baby. And we were talking about just upcoming dreams and goals that we had, and I talked to him about this idea of hosting a conference. And he looked at me and just said, "Hey Heath, you know, if you want to do this, just just do it. You're here in Texas, and uh, you know, you kind of know the terrain. You have friends here. You have resources that you can pull together. You know, you're sticking around because your your nephew's being born. So don't try to go and plan it in some extravagant place if you're trying to host a, a meetup or a little event or a conference. You know, just do it here while you're in town. It doesn't have to be anything crazy." and he was really the tipping point that pushed me over the edge uh, for us to go out and host the first RV Entrepreneur Summit. And Then he came to speak there, and I'm, I'm extremely grateful for him. He's a really wise guy, and he's been a big mentor for me, in a lot of ways, both him and Brittany—they're just amazing power couple. And Eric and Brittany run the, the popular RV blog, RV Wonderlust, which is actually more of a side hobby than their their business. It's actually fully a side hobby. It's it's not their business. Uh, they run social media for clients, and they started the very very popular Austinot blog, which is a blog focused only on Austin, Texas related. Things. It gets millions and millions of hits each year. They've built that up, leveraged social media, and they've just become rock stars in the social media space. They have a long list of clients who are waiting to get on their list. So in their talk at the RV Entrepreneur Summit, they cover several different things, such as how to leverage the power of social media for any business, actual tactics that you can use to measure success on social media, and their story of how once they built up their client base of social media clients, they were able to transition them into full-time travel. There's kind of a trust factor there. A lot of their clients were centered around the Austin area, and they basically had to go to them and say, hey, look, we've been doing an awesome job for you, And, uh, but we're going to go travel in an RV and that was well over three years ago. So they have a lot of experience of life on the road and running their business and actually growing it and social media. Of course, (laughs) you guys are going to love this talk from Eric and Brittany at the RV entrepreneur summit. So many people got value from this talk. It was one of our best rated talks at the summit. And there's, there might be a couple points throughout the talk where Eric and Brittany reference a slide or something. The, the conversation or the, the their talk will still make sense, but if you want to see the slides afterwards or kind of pull them up on a computer if you're sitting down listening to this, you can go to com podcast, and click on the show notes from this episode to download their slideshow presentation. So all the notes, everything they reference in this talk, and I'll also embed the Facebook live video that has their actual presentation here. Uh, but even if you don't do any of that, you'll still get a ton of value from this talk with Eric and Brittany Hyland from RV Wonderlust. Let's get into it.
1: Hey guys, how are you doing? There are a lot more empty chairs. I think everyone's at happy hour.
2: (laughs) They knew we were coming. They knew we were coming.
1: Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. We're gonna try and keep the energy level up so we can all stay engaged and not fall asleep and get to happy hour. So uh, welcome. I'm gonna try and figure out how to use this doohickey. All right. Wait. This was supposed to be up while we were coming into the room. It's. All my stuff is funny. It says, next time you're afraid to share ideas, remember someone once said in a meeting, let's make a film with a tornado full of sharks. Yes.
2: This actually happened and they've had like five sequels. Who, who's right? seen Sharknado? Sharknado? Sharknado, come on, Sharknado? Okay. Eric loves B
1: movies. I love so B movies. Our story. So, um, Eric and Brittany Highland, our RV blog is RV Wanderlust. And uh, our story is long and exciting and not so exciting. Um, We started our business at the end of 2011 in Seattle. And at the time we were both working the nine to five uh, it was part-time, and our business was doing online marketing for small businesses. Is, uh, we love working with small businesses, but we were moving to Austin, Texas, and so we said to ourselves, you know, we don't have a client base there, what can we do to uh, break the ice and get to know prospective clients and uh, speak to them on a topic that they're interested
2: in? So we're in Seattle. At the time yep and we our background was search engine optimization <laughs> when it was really popular and by the way we were white hat guys not black hat guys uh-huh. not, not, gray. not even gray hat guys we were white hat guys for those that don't know what that means is there's some really nasty SEO people out there that will tell you we can put you on page one of Google like today don't ever listen to them yeah. um, anyway so
1: so um, so we. Cre- what's
2: well, important to the story you'll find out why
1: yeah absolutely so um, you know, we started our online marketing business, and we we love to travel. Eric spent 20 years in the United States Coast Guard. He's retired military, and. Um And I love to travel, my family's from Canada, and uh, my family of five would drive to the Northwest Territories, which is in the 60th parallel, kind of close to Alaska. And so I was used to traveling and being in the car, and we had built up our business to the point where it became a why not, why not travel? Uh, we had a small client base, but really good relationships with our clients, and we got to the point where they trusted us. They knew that we weren't going to play all the time once we went on the road, and we had to wait for that point that we knew we had those relationships. And finally, we were there, and we were ready to pull the trigger, and absolutely no regrets. We we love traveling full-time. We love the flexibility of it. and. Um, We do have a three-month-old. Some of you know him as Baby Nomad. And uh, so we're starting a new journey. Actually, yesterday was the first time that we traveled with him ever. And it went really well. um, And I'm so excited about new life with him and all the experiences that he's going to have. And uh, we are going to road school him. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be good. It's exciting. So I had mentioned that when we were moving to Austin, we we wanted to connect with a new client base. And so what we did was we started a new project called austinot.com.
2: So The Austinaut is actually our main blog. Everybody thinks that RV Wanderlust is our main blog. And it really was an offshoot. It was just, this is our story. This is what we're doing. It's
1: really a personal journal, RV Wanderlust. It is.
2: So if you go to RV Wanderlust, don't expect to get sold anything. It's just kind of our, our journey and what we do, right? And hopefully that's encouraging to the people in this room that are considering that. But like I said, our background was SEO. And so we're in Seattle, Washington. We knew we were going to move to Austin, Texas. Brittany had gone to UT and wanted to come back home to Austin. And so in doing so, we created the Osnot actually in Seattle. And we did a, it was really an SEO experiment. It was so that I could go to a company and say, look, your company's been online for six years. And here's your current rank on the internet. I've been online for three months. Here's my current rank on the internet. This is what I can help you do. So that's all it was, it was a showcase. We never expected it to be an Austin blog. We never expected it to take off. Yeah, and be
1: its own thing. And, and be its own it was meant thing? to be its own
2: thing. And today we have millions of visitors on the Austinot. We have a team of nine writers, 25 professional photographers, two editors, and we still run the Austinaut full time. So when you do see us post something on RV Wander, let's be glad because yeah. that's our happy time. <laughs> that, that's when we're just talking, but we actually deal with this and it consumes much of our day.
1: Right, so we started doing more search engine optimization when we started our online marketing business, but over time we've moved more into social media management. And so what we do is we manage accounts on websites like Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, for small business owners who are so busy doing what they do and what they're good at, but they know that their customer base is on social media, they just don't have time to be there too. And so that's where we come in and, and help them out. We, For some of our clients, we do Monday through Friday, we're the only ones posting to their accounts. We do it full time for them. For other clients, they're interested in doing it themselves, they just don't know how, and so we offer consulting too. So that's what we do with our business, and uh, that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, Sorry, I'm horrible with this. (laughs) Uh, So uh, let's get into what we're here to talk about. Why even bother with social media? And we're gonna
2: start with an overview. We're gonna start with a big picture view. Some of this stuff is gonna sound really simple, but if you really think about it, most companies, even large companies, aren't doing this properly. And you know because you've dealt with them you know because you've gone online or you've gone to Twitter, you've tweeted them, they haven't tweeted you back. You've sent them a message on Facebook, nobody responds. You reviewed them, whether positive or negative, and they didn't even bother to say anything. It's like me calling you on the phone and saying, hey, I wanna talk to you, and you answering the phone, hello, this is Coca-Cola, hi, I wanna talk to you about, click, (laughs) and that's what happens. And so this stuff that we're gonna cover at the beginning of our session is very basic, but pay attention to it because it is the foundation Of what makes good social media?
1: Absolutely. So, the first reason to bother with social media is to stay top of mind with your customer base. You all have competition, there are other people out there who do what you do in business. And so, the idea is when your prospective client wants to build a website, What's to stop them from going to their competitor instead of you? How? What can you do so that you're the first person that they think of when they need what you have to offer? And so the idea is that by having accounts, by having a Facebook page, and more importantly, by posting to these accounts regularly, you're staying in front of your customers, and you're building relationships with them. Hopefully they're engaging with you, and you're always engaging back with them when they reach out to you so that when they need something, it's you that they go to. And the second reason is just to provide customer service. I know that sounds really basic, but let me ask you a question. How many of you have a phone book? <laughs> One. <laughs> One or two. You know, and when was the last time that you pulled out a phone book? And for millennials, we, I don't even like to call people on the phone. It's just not my thing. And there's a lot of other people out there like that because... We're living on the internet, we're living on Facebook anyway and so when I want to reach out to a company, I'm going to send them a message on their Facebook page, I'm not even going to pick up the phone. And
2: as a company or business, you need to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. So that means that you need to be on the platforms that your customers are on. And later on in this presentation, we're going to tell you where those customers are, the demographics where they're at, um, what platforms to use based on who you're trying to reach.
1: So you want to be where the customers are and you want to communicate with them the way that they want to communicate with you. So the next and third reason, and the slide will come up, the third reason to bother with social media is to gain credibility. And so in order to uh, gain customers, they need to trust you. They need to know that you know what you're talking about or that your product is worthwhile. And so social media is a place where you can make updates about what you do, you can share customers customer testimonials and you're you're building the image of yourself as a credible person in your industry and the fourth reason to use social media is it's why we're there is to make money, you know, to, su- <laughs> to support ourselves, you know, as full-time RVers and and all those things work together. And again, it's all about being where the customers are. And more and more, these platforms are what people are using on a daily basis. They're part of our lives. Yeah. And so if you're not there, you're missing out on a whole potential customer base.
2: And I love what Joe Hendricks said this morning. He said, what is your purpose for RV?" right? Well, if you're gonna have a business page or a page that supports whatever it is you do, answer that question, what's your purpose? If your purpose is not to stay top of mind, to gain new clients, to have credibility, to do these things, then you're doing it wrong. You don't have a focus to what you're doing. These are big overarching ideas, but you're gonna see how these apply here very shortly.
1: So staying big picture.
2: Yes, social media is social. This is something that I've said multiple times to many people and it's what we're doing right now. Right. This is a social activity. Brittany and I were just talking about this. Um, You know, we've met so many of you face to face now for the first time. We've shaken hands. You've hung out by our fire pit. You've come into our RV or we've talked to you by your by your RV. And we've gotten to know each other. And this is a social thing. And what happens is this builds relationships. Right. I mean, hopefully you've exchanged information or you've become friends. Where's Shay and Aaron? Back there, they're my newest friends on Facebook, those two right there, okay? And, and we had a great time talking with them, but it's social, right? Like we've gotten to know each other personally and socially. This needs to translate into social media. Social media is social. If you don't understand that concept, you're doing it absolutely wrong. You have to be engaging and talking with people on social media, responding to them, uh, in- inquiring from them, getting to know them, just like you do here, but on there. Right. And it's, it is one of the pillars. The second thing is that social media can be influenced, but it cannot be controlled, okay? And you've all seen the debacles from major companies. They do something really squirrely and all of a sudden Twitter is like blowing up with this, can you believe this company did this or whatever, you know? And then some other companies take it to the extreme like Wendy's and if you do something and troll them, they will respond to you very sarcastically and that's their choice. But the bottom line is you can't control what happens on social media because I can go and I can comment on any social media platform and say whatever it is I want to say. So you can't control what I'm going to say, but you can influence based on the tone of your page, the voice in which you speak, the way that you interact and engage with your customers. Are you speaking in a blue jean voice? Are you speaking in a hard hat voice? Are you speaking in a tuxedo voice? It really depends on your company and who it is that you're trying to reach. Now, the important thing about this slide, and I want you to understand this, is that most of the people that own companies that might eventually be clients of yours, or you might own one of these companies, they grew up in the age in which I grew up. I'm older, I'm 46 years old, and I remember sitting in front of a television without a remote control, okay? And we didn't didn't have TiVo right? We didn't have an ability to record anything. We couldn't stream anything. And so what ends up happening is we would sit in front of the radio or the television and we would be broadcast at, right? And so you would hear slogans and things that, you know, I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper, we're a pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? And you know this because it was told to you over and over and over. You couldn't turn it off, you couldn't mute it, you couldn't change the channel because Johnny Carson was coming back on and you wanted to watch that show and your little brother was holding the antenna with his foot up in the air. <laughs> but, but it was successful and people used jingles and that's how they got their message across to you. But if you try to do this today, if you try and broadcast, they're going to mute you, unlike you, unfriend you, mark you as spam, right? And they're just gonna get rid of you. They're gonna turn you off. That's not the goal of social media. So there has to be a new way of thinking, and that goes back to social media being social. Absolutely.
1: So think of social media as two basic activities. So, of course, you're making your own updates. You know, you're you're tweeting out, you're putting something on Instagram. But remember the second part of the equation, and I can be guilty of this myself, especially on our hobby platforms like RV Wanderlust. I say to myself... I need to post on Instagram. I go on, put up a photo really quickly. Caspian's crying, I'm trying to go get him. And I forget the second part of the equation which is to engage in other people. It's going back to the social aspect. So before you turn off Instagram on your phone after you make that post for your company, make sure you go to your feed. What are people posting that you're trying to build a community with them? You know, Like their posts, leave a comment on things and try to build those relationships. Don't miss the second part of that equation and that goes for all of the platforms. So I know this screen is a little small, so we'll read this. Yes. It says, uh, how to become insanely successful at online marketing in 30 days. Step one, first, practice daily for seven years. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it, it's a lot of work. It is work, and it's work if it's done right. But anything worth having is worth working for, correct? And so if you're going to start a business, if you're going to start your blog, if you're going to have that out there, don't just put it out there and expect it to do it. You have to learn this. It's a craft and partner with people, get to know people who know what they're doing in this industry.
1: All right, so we're gonna get more into the meat and potatoes now that we've done the big picture. So let's uh, do a really quick overview of the major social networks. Don't be overwhelmed. If you are just getting started with social media, it is so easy to say to yourself, oh my gosh, I need to be on all these platforms. What do I do? I need to start today. And you make a checklist. You're setting yourself up for failure because there are so many platforms. There's so much to do. There's so many people to talk to. Don't look at it that way. If you're just getting started, pick one or two platforms and start there, start slow, wait until you're comfortable and then it's okay to expand and don't feel like you have to do it all at once. And
2: let me just add that all of these slides are gonna be on SlideShare. We're gonna give those to Heath and Alyssa so that they can share them with you. Mm -hmm. So there are some really great informational slides in this presentation. Uh, I recommend that if you're interested in what we're talking about, that you pick those up from SlideShare.
1: Yeah, and th- the reason is the print's a little bit small, so not everybody's going to be able to see it. So we want to make sure to provide that for everyone. So uh, before we kind of read some of this, can anyone tell me what doesn't belong on this slide? Vine. Vine. Why?
2: It's gone. That's right. Yeah, last summer. There's still Vine Camera, by the way, which uh, that was announced January 17th. That you can use for six and a half second videos for those of you vine freaks but vine as a platform for twitter is gone right and so the important thing behind that is remember you can't say i want to put all my eggs in one basket and i'm gonna have this massive awesome facebook page because guess what you don't own facebook unless you're mark zuckerberg i don't see him in here so having said that Remember, your root domain, and I think, David, you touched on this, that's your property. Your website. Your, your website. You own that. That's your property. You want to use all of these social networks to point to you. But if you're investing all of your time in social media, you're not doing yourself any favors, just ask the people who invested thousands of hours on MySpace. Good? Right.
1: So these are some huge numbers here. And the, the, this is just talking about how many active monthly users all of these platforms had as of last year. So at the very top, uh, Facebook's the biggest. It says 1.55 billion monthly active users. And it says if Facebook was a country, it would be the most populated in the world, even behind China and India. And and all of these platforms, YouTube, Google+, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Pinterest, These are big, big numbers, and if you're not there, you're ignoring a potential customer base for your business. And uh, this next slide is a really good one. Uh, There's a lot of information on it that I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I definitely encourage you to check out the SlideShare because this is talking about demographics for each of the different platforms. They're not all the same, uh, not the same type of people are on there, and you know your target market. And so this slide will help inform your decision on what platforms to start investing in first. So so just to give you an example, um, it's saying the largest age group for Facebook, 18 to 29-year-olds make up 87% of Facebook. And then in contrast, you can compare it to something like Pinterest, where 18 to 29-year-olds only make up 34% of the target market. So there's just good information there. And as far as what's hot right now, um, you know, this is interesting because... I don't like fads, I'm one of those people where I purposefully do the opposite thing to what the fad is, but I see social media differently, because again, they are tools in your toolbox, they may not be there forever, but I love the example of social media being the spokes on a wheel, all pointing towards your website, and whatever's hot, that's where the people are, and so by doing those things, even if it's just during those two months, you know, it's, it's uh, really useful uh, for your business, and um, this next one is not going to be a surprise, uh, just by the fact that this whole conference is being live-streamed on Facebook. By the way, hi everyone on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in. I, hi, Dad, I love you. <laughs> uh, my dad's driving right now for work, and he's watching. So, um, so live video. Uh, <laughs> what happened?
2: Your dad's driving, and he's watching.
1: He's driving for work? He's and
2: not watching while he's driving. That's official.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't say what company he worked for, so... Okay. So, um, you know... Social media is social, it's a personal thing, and video is awesome because you get to know the other person. Just think about all these YouTube superstars out there, some of the goofiest stuff and some really useful stuff too. And it's just a personal connection by seeing the other person's face. And so video is so valuable right now. And I know I've been getting really into video, especially now that I have Caspian because he's so cute, and uh, I I love uh, showing him off through live video, so definitely really hot right now. And then insta- wait, 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 time out.
2: What? The other thing about video. See, I'm the technical guy. The other thing about video is that it increases like if you if you have a video and you post it on your site, it increases your time on site metric. So, I'm not talking I'm not getting into the weeds too much right now, but in Google Analytics, which is a great tool, you can actually put your site on there and watch and see different analytics that make your website more robust. And one of the things that they track is your time on site. So if 20 users go to your site, and by the way, the national average right now is two minutes and seven seconds per page. Okay, that's national. However, if they're spending four minutes and 40 seconds on your page, because you have a high quality video that lasts a minute and a half and it takes them the the rest of the time to, to read the content that's on there. All of a sudden that page is almost doubling or more than doubling the average time on site metric. And Google sees that as a positive marker and thus will increase where you're going to end up ranking in what's called the SERPs, or the Search Engine Results Pages, basically the top 10 list when you type in a search query on Google. Does that make sense? So video is a great thing for that as well.
1: Right. And uh, another thing that's really hot right now is Instagram. And I think this is instructive. So Instagram is an app on your phone. You can only post to it on your phone. And it's all photos. And this is really important for all social media platforms to remember that as humans, we're very visual creatures. And anytime that you can add a visual to any of your content, whether it's a video or whether it's a photograph, it's going to get people's attention. So I was so excited when uh, Twitter started allowing photographs in the tweets, and nowadays I add a photo to every single tweet, because as people are scrolling through their feed on Twitter, they don't even stop and read the text half the time, but if they see a photo that interests them, they'll stop and they'll see what's going on. And, And so just the visual component of Instagram has made it really big don't feel like you have to be a professional photographer. Quality images are good. I don't recommend pixely or blurry images, but our phone cameras are so good right now that if we just stop and take a second to focus, you know, we can end up with a really good photograph that uh, captures people's attention. And when it comes to business, let people in. One of Eric and my... Things is being transparent. And we've always tried to be transparent, especially with RV Wanderlust and the full time RV lifestyle. You know, we share information on how much we pay for RV repairs, which is always way too much. And, yeah. you know, share income information and budget information. And uh, we really want to be helpful in that and help pave the way for other people. But that applies to any business any personal behind the scenes aspects, it may seem mundane to you because you think to yourself, I'm doing this every day, I do the same thing, it wouldn't be interesting to anybody, but it is. They want to get to know you as a person, what's going on behind the scenes in your business. And so that's a great way to use Instagram and live video as well. All right. right, Here we go. This is where you want to make sure you have your notebooks out. Yes. It's going to get heavy.
2: All right. This is where I'm going to step in a little bit. Um, Shay and Aaron can you come up here, please? I'm gonna embarrass some people. Where's Liz Wilcox? I know you're in this room, Liz Come on up here. Liz. I need you up on the stage with me. Brittany, you need to stand right next to me You guys need to stand right here. Heath and Alyssa stand up And let me see looking around the room. Jill stand up. Oh, Jill's so comfy. I know but I, I just love Jill Okay, so we're good so far. All right, here's the deal Algorithms, these are the things that drive what ends up in a newsfeed on Facebook. I'm, I'm talking specifically about Facebook right now, okay? So when you go to your homepage or your newsfeed on Facebook, what you see is a grouping of your friends' posts that are are on Facebook, pages that you follow, groups that uh, people have commented in, and those types of things. And lots of ads. And (laughs) lots of ads, okay? Now, this is important because you need to understand this. Most of us who are on Facebook, I would think all of us here are probably on Facebook, have liked a page at one point in time or another, correct? How many people in this room have a business page? Okay, and people like your business page, right? But I got news for you, nobody goes to your business page. They like it, they might check it out the first time, and then every now and then, they'll go. I like Coca-Cola, or I mean Dr. Pepper on Facebook. I don't ever go to the Dr. Pepper page. Every now and then, I'll see something from them on my newsfeed, which I go to every day, okay? This is important because we're gonna talk about algorithms. That's why I have these people up here, okay? The first rule of the Facebook algorithm, and I'm talking specifically about Facebook right now, is what's called affinity. Okay. Affinity means how close you are with an individual. Guess who, from all these people standing, I have the closest affinity with on Facebook? Any guesses? This one right here. Okay. So we have a really, really high level of affinity according to the Facebook algorithm, which means that if my wife posts something on her timeline, it's going to show up in my newsfeed because Facebook knows that she's important to me. Okay. This is all done through coding. Okay. Now, Aaron and Shay are my newest friends on Facebook. Facebook actually understands that, okay? Jill's been my friend on Facebook for a very long time, but the chances of me seeing something that Jill posted are actually less than me seeing something that Aaron or Shay post because we just became friends. And Facebook says, aha, this is a new relationship. We want them to really connect and get to know each other. And the same
1: goes for pages. So if you've just liked a page, chances are you're going to see their latest update because that's part of the algorithm. That's
2: right. And the same thing with Liz. And the reason I brought Liz up here is because Liz and I became friends earlier today, but before Aaron and Shay. So this group right here, I have a very high affinity with. Okay. Now, some of you, uh, pick someone in, in the audience on this side that is your Facebook friend. Larissa. Larissa. Are you my Facebook friend, Larissa? No. Unfortunately, no. Okay. But this is the way it works, okay? Brittany posts something. She posts this really cute picture of baby nomad. Hashtag baby nomad. And, <laughs> and I love it, right? I giggle about it. It's so cool. And I share it. These are my newest friends. So it's going to show up on their Facebook feed. Liz likes it. And so she's like, oh my gosh, I met him. He's so cute. And she comments on it. All of a sudden, Larissa sees it on her newsfeed, even though she's not my friend. Because I have affinity with these people, she has affinity with Larissa, and so it goes. Does that make sense? So affinity is the most important thing. Heath and Alyssa and I, we've known each other for a long time, and we've been communicating a lot recently about the RV summit. And so chances are, our affinity is much higher. We're going to see things together that we don't normally wouldn't see as much. All right? Jill, I love you. All right, you guys can sit down, thanks. All right, so affinity is, is critical, and it applies to your businesses as well. For those of you who have a business page, you need to build that same affinity with your customers, and you do that by engaging with them. Okay, whenever they comment, you reaching out and touching base with them, if they send you a message on Facebook, Facebook tracks all of that, okay? That's the first step of the Facebook algorithm is affinity. The second one is called weight. Okay, and weight is simply what we call likes, comments, and shares, right? If you have a Facebook page, how many, how many people like it when somebody likes your stuff on Facebook, right? Everybody does, right? How many people like it when somebody comments? That's even better, right? Because there's a little more s- substance there. But you love the share, right? <laughs> you love the share. And Facebook understands that, and so it gives a different level of weight to likes, comments, and shares. So
1: shares are actually the most important. So anything that you can do to encourage shares, that will help your business's posts show up in your followers' newsfeed.
2: With whom you've built affinity with and maintain mm-hmm. that affinity with, okay? So that's the second step is likes, comments, and shares. Like I said, they, they themselves have different levels of weight. Likes are the least, comments are the next, and then shares are the heaviest level of weight, all right? The next one is actually called decay so you have affinity, weight and decay. Now decay stands for this. I put up a post and I've got a new page and I've only got, a, you know, 100 likes, don't. By the way, that's not a big deal if you only have 100 likes. It's important to have 100 rabid likes, 100 people who love what you're doing. That, I'd rather I'd much rather have 100 people who love what I'm doing than 1000 people who couldn't care less. Okay? Because that will actually increase your affinity. You want people on your page who are ambassadors of what it is you do, evangelists of your brand. Does that make sense? Okay, so going back to this decay. I post up something and it crickets. Nobody likes it. Nobody comments on it. Nobody shares it. There's no weight to it. Okay, that post will actually decay. And the lifespan of a post without any engagement is about two hours. Okay, so you think, well, I just posted this six hours ago. Well, if we got zero engagement, nobody's seeing it in their newsfeed anymore. It's gone. It's like, it's still on your page. Nobody's going to see it on their newsfeed. What happens is Facebook does these trials. You post something, and all of a sudden, people start giving it weight. They, they like it. They comment. They engage with it. Okay? And Facebook originally will send it out to a small percentage of the people that like your page. So we'll, we'll take easy numbers. Let's say you have 100 a, a fans on Facebook. Facebook might actually only show your post to six people believe that? You're like, but I got 100 fans. Yes, but Facebook is probably only going to show it to six people. However, if two of those six people, meaning a third of the people that Facebook showed it to, gave it weight, then Facebook says, aha, this is something that's of interest to people who like this page. We're going to expand that reach and now show it to a higher percentage of people. Does that make sense? And so it starts expanding and now more people start liking it and engaging and commenting and sharing and Facebook says, aha, and this is how things go viral. Because Facebook is just a big mathematical machine that's going through and processing all this data and it's saying, okay, people like this stuff, let's share it. Why do you think that is? Because Facebook wants you to live on Facebook they're looking at the exact same metrics that you're looking at. They're looking at time on site, page views per user, bounce rate, exit rate, all of those metrics, Facebook still is looking at all those things and they want you to stay on their site, which is why if you post a link to an external site, meaning your business, Facebook is gonna devalue that link. You post something to your blog, Facebook's not gonna share that to as many people as if you just post a photo on Facebook because the minute you post a link to an external site, you're telling your fans, your users, leave this website and go to this website. Facebook doesn't want that. okay? And everything changed in May of two years ago when Facebook went public, and all of a sudden they had to start pleasing investors. And it went from a free, organic, high share model to a very freemium, you need to pay to sponsor this post model if you want it to be seen by these people. Okay? I'm telling you, there are good ways to do that, and there are very bad ways to do that. And if you are a company, an established company, do not get in the habit of sponsoring posts unless you know what you're doing. You can cause yourself grave damage. Okay? We don't have the time to get into all of that today. I, I spe- <laughs> yeah. I, I literally spend week I, I could spend a week teaching on this very topic. But the bottom line is this. Understand that you need to know that organic reach is still possible. And I will tell you that because I go back to the Austinaut. We have never once sponsored a post. We reach millions of people. Okay, so it is possible, but you have to know what you're doing and we're going to get into some of those best practices.
1: Yeah, so thank you to everyone on the Facebook group who uh, asked questions and talked about what they wanted to hear about today. With the next section, we're going to talk about how and when to post to Facebook, and that was one of the questions that we received. Again, all these slides are going to be up. I'm just going to explain them for those of you who can't see them. So how and when to post to Facebook. This next slide is uh, showing all these big brands. So there's iTunes, Skittles, Disney, and it's showing that on average in this study, they posted one post per day. On this next slide, it's showing for the pages that post once, twice, three times, and on up, the more that they post, the more that the engagement drops off. And this is something to be aware of. And uh, the takeaway is that the more that you post, Uh, The more you're setting yourself up for less engagement, there's just so much competition out there. And if you post too much, you're competing with yourself. Um, Eric and I actually have a term for this. We call it post-stomping. Right.
2: When When you post something on Facebook, let's say it's doing well. Let's say it's getting some good weight. You know, the affinity has kicked in because you've got the relationships. People are liking, commenting, and sharing on it, and it's doing well. You should actually, the decay hasn't set in. Right? because the decay actually, the decay time, I talked about two hours, it gets extended if people are giving it weight, okay? So the other day for one of our clients, we posted a video, okay? That, the, Heath, the, and that, that Heath and made. Alyssa Maiden. Heath <laughs> and Alyssa It was a very good video and it did very well. Now normally I will post to their page twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening, based on hours and studies that we've done that we'll talk about here in a moment. However, this video did very well, it was shared quite a bit, over 20,000 people uh, reached on Facebook through this video. And it had a significant amount of weight. And I kept telling my client, just so you know, I'm not posting anything today. I'm monitoring this video. Because I was watching the insights to see the weight and engagement level, how many views it was having, how much more reach it was having. I'm actively monitoring this post. And you can do that. We'll talk about insights in a moment. But you can actually do that. And so you don't want to post stop. Because what happens is, let's say I posted that video and it's doing really well, but that night I had something else scheduled that I wanted to post, and I post it. I'm now telling Facebook, this is more important than what I just posted. So I'm telling Facebook, stop showing this everywhere, show this. Well, my next post was about bingo. <laughs> okay. So for that, that was obviously not as important. So I actually let that post ride for almost two and three quarter days without posting anything again.
1: So, definitely experiment, and you need to be watching for every post to see how it's doing. It's a very fluid thing. Don't get into the habit of putting yourself in a box and saying, This is how many times I have to post a day, and this is when I need to post. It's all about experimentation because everyone's business is different, and everyone's target audience is different, and all of these things aren't going to work the same for every person. So, it's okay to experiment and to see what works best for you. And one of the most valuable parts on Facebook, um, which hopefully you've looked into for your Facebook page is Facebook insights Ooh. and okay right. so this is this is showing Facebook insights this is an awesome page because it's showing when your fans are online your specific fans for your page so you want to look at this graph and it might be a five-hour window when people are most active for your specific business that's okay that's where the experimentation comes in but
2: remember the two-hour decay right mm-hmm. so if you're looking at this right here I'm gonna try and get over here. You see this climb that's taking place between Wednesday and Thursday, right? So you want to start your post right around here. Yeah, And you can can change this on your insights to actually look by hour. So you can see what hours of the day people are on, what days of the week are they on, and you can actually start to post it before it crests because if the people who are starting to crest on your page start giving it weight, Mm then it's going to increase over their life and you're gonna ride that wave.
1: All right, so this is just another view of Insights. Uh, This is breaking it down post by post. So you can literally see every post that you've made. Um, It's telling you the time that you posted it. And then these orange bars here, that's your reach. That's how many people saw that given post. And then there's the engagement, too. So really, you just want to look for the trends, the trends for your page, not somebody else's, not some study that you found on the internet. But what's actually happening on your page, and then you want to try and replicate the successes that you've seen there.
2: Before I ever take on a new client for our company, one of the first things I do is I say, I I need access to your Facebook Insights. I want to take a look at it so that I can see if it's something I can help you with. And if I see trends that are good within this page right here, and this is the page that I'm looking at, then I can let them know, yes, I can absolutely help you, or I think you're doing really well in this area, I would suggest that you continue doing what you're doing, because you don't need me. So, that really happens. Just so you know, that page is fantastic.
1: So that's a little bit about Facebook. So now we're going to look at Twitter and how and when to post to Twitter. So um, this graph is really interesting. So it's showing how many tweets are going out each day starting with one and on the far side is 51 plus tweets a day who does that I don't know but the the red line is showing how many retweets there are for these accounts so the takeaway for this is this first red spike that you see that's for four to five tweets a day and at the very top the most retweets is for 51 plus tweets a day I don't do that I sure don't expect you to do that and so uh, you know don't don't set yourself up for failure. Try and hit this sweet spot, this four to five tweets a day where there's that huge spike in retweets. It doesn't mean that you can't tweet more. Of course you can. You're not hurting anything. But as far as getting the most bang for your buck and getting the most shares, that four to five tweets a day is a really good sweet spot. This one is showing the most popular times to tweet, specifically in the United States. And so the peak at the top is at noon. 12 noon is... Um, The most popular time to tweet, again, that's when your audience is there, right? If that's the most popular time to tweet, that's when other people are on there, that's when you want to be on there speaking with them. And then down here, it breaks it down by time zones. So it's saying that in Pacific time, it's 8 to 9 in the morning. In Mountain time, it's 12 to 1 p.m. Central time is also 12 to 1 p.m. And Eastern time is also 12 to 1 p.m. What is 12 to 1 p.m.? It's the lunch hour. It's where working people are checking their phones while they're eating lunch. And um, an interesting uh, data point is that if you have a national business, you're trying to reach a national audience, 48% of people in the United States are in the Eastern time zone. And so if that's where you're at, definitely focus on the Eastern time zone and, and scheduling your tweets accordingly. And just remember, don't just go on and make a tweet take the time to see what other people are posting and to talk to them yeah. because they're online at that time, they'll talk back to you. That's how you build relationships. It's how you build credibility for your business because and grow your business.
2: social media is what? Social. Right. social. That's right, okay.
1: All right, so let's talk a little bit about scheduling, which again was another question that one of you guys had. There are so many scheduling tools out there. I'm just gonna briefly talk about the ones that I've used. And and the way that this is broken down, it's the name of the tool, and then the social media sites that you can use it for. And then the last note is whether it's free, freemium, which means that there's some features for free and then you have to pay to get more features. And then there's a paid one in there too. So Facebook has an awesome scheduling tool. Use the Facebook scheduling tool. It's free, it's robust, um, you can do everything you need to do with that. And uh, the second one is Buffer. I love Buffer. Wait,
2: time out. Buffer. I just want to say something that I really love about the Facebook scheduling tool. So, yes, you can see we're talking about business. We might know a little bit about this topic. However, we like to play too because we're also RVers yeah. and we do this full time just like many of you. Really so that Facebook scheduling tool allows Brittany and I to go exploring in the afternoon because mm-hmm. our clients are going to have their their posts scheduled using that free Facebook tool so that right. I'm available. Now my phone is on me, my clients know mm-hmm. that they can text me at any time, they can reach me and I can still control everything on Facebook, even the scheduler from my mm-hmm. phone. So it's not unreasonable for Brittany and I to be out at a museum or in, you know, at a coffee shop or sledding down the sand dunes of Alamogordo mm-hmm. and things are happening on Facebook on my behalf from a client.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And just so you know what our rhythm is for work, we get up at 6.30 every morning. We start work at 7 o'clock on the dot. At 8 o'clock AM, that's when our Austinot post goes up. Every day, Monday through Friday, we have a new post go up for the Austinot. And so we're taking the time to put it on social media to send it to the people who we wrote about and do all of those activities. And normally, we're done work sitting in our laptops by lunchtime. And there was a time, when we had to hustle, we were building a business, we were working for free and we were working long, long hours to the point where Eric had to remind me to eat lunch because I just wanted to work the whole day and get everything done. And it was hard, but that's how we built our business. And um, eventually, you know, it was more nine to five model. Uh, We were tired, we were making more money than we had ever made and we lost our biggest client one of the investors passed away, just out of yeah, the blue. They it didn't went. fire to, us. No, they didn't fire <laughs> us. Uh, the company went to his children and the company was done. And we were freaked out. We, we were at
2: Brantley Lake State Park. Anybody been there? It's outside Carlsbad. It's outside Carlsbad. It's beautiful. Uh, we were walking around. We'd count the rabbits on the campground. I, I'll, I'll never forget it. They, we, I think so we, many bunnies. I think we counted like 50, 53 in one lap around the park. 53 in one walk. But we're walking around. We just lost our largest client. and we're we both. It wasn't a numb feeling. It was like, what, is, what does this even look like for mm-hmm. us now?
1: Well, our gut response was to go out and get another client. Right. Because we have a waiting it.
2: list. We have a waiting list of people that want to work with us. So we were thinking, do we start picking up people off our waiting list? But we didn't do that, we didn't pull the trigger on that, we said let's talk about it, and we started walking around.
1: Yeah, we took a beat, and after a few days, we realized, hey, we can pay our bills, Mm -hmm. we're gonna be okay, and look at how much time we have.
2: We were off at noon.
1: All of a sudden, (laughs) instead of working until five o'clock, we were done at noon every day. And at that point, this was what, maybe a year and a half ago or so, we made a quality of life decision. And we decided we just wanna pay our bills, and then we wanna play. We wanna spend time together, and now it's spend time with our child as well, and invest in him. And so I know this is a little bit off topic, but I wanted to give you guys that insight and uh, hopefully some encouragement too, This lifestyle is so flexible, and we love that. And client work can be scary, and doing freelance work can be scary. But in that case, uh, we really learned an important lesson. We did. So um, Buffer is awesome. You can see Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, Pinterest, and Instagram. It is freemium, and so you only get one account for free and then you have to pay to use schedule on other accounts. How are we doing on time?
2: It's 4.45, we're good.
1: Okay, awesome. All right, number three, meetedgar.com. Kendra, are you here? Kendra was here, she had to let out her dog, I think. Kendra introduced me to meetedgar.com. The really cool thing about this one is it's for reusing your content. And so basically, you set up a schedule. You say, uh, in my case, I use it for Twitter. So I say, these are the times every day when I want my tweets to go out. Then you have a library of content. So you go in, name of the article or the web page, the link, you can add a photo, it works really well. And so it's this library of content and Buffer automatically. Edgar, sorry, Edgar automatically sticks that content into a queue and sends it out at the times that you specified, but it's not a one and done. So all of these other ones, Facebook, Buffer, and Hootsuite, you schedule it one time, it goes out one time, and then if you ever wanted to post it again, you would have to manually go in and do it again. What I love about Meet Edgar is that it doesn't do that, so you can reuse the same content over and over again, and especially, I mean, on our blogs, some of them are time-sensitive about events, that you know we're not gonna post it after But the evergreen
2: posts, the ones that don't change like we wrote about the nine best hiking spots or Mount Banell or something like that right. you know we can repost that as often as we want to so we use that tool for that and th- there's what we call evergreen posts posts that aren't gonna change right, right. and so I would encourage if, if you have evergreen posts on your blog and you want to be on these platforms MeetEdgar.com is well worth the price. Right, and
1: you. out of all of these four, MeetEdgar is the only one that I decided to pay for. Yeah. And it is $50 a month, it's an investment, um, but the time savings are really worth it. I mean, I, when I started using it, I just couldn't believe how much time I was saving to not have to manually go in every time. And then finally, the last one is Hootsuite. Now, Hootsuite has been a player forever. That's the first scheduling tool I ever started using. And you may look at this list of all of the accounts that you can post to. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, and even WordPress. Out of all of these, you can use the most accounts. So you might say to yourself, well, that's the one. I don't like the interface as much. I don't think it's as user-friendly and robust. One of the things that I do like about it, so Buffer, I don't pay for Buffer, so I can only use it for one account. And then the other accounts, I go to Hootsuite and do the ones that are left over. And it works okay. I don't like the way that you upload images to it and the way that the images display, um, but you get a lot for free on Hootsuite, and it can be used with a lot of accounts. So it's definitely one to use as you want to.
2: This is inevitable. How many of any, anyone ever had somebody troll their site or their page? Okay. You know, trolls are inevitable. If you don't know what they are, they're these mythical creatures that live under bridges, hang out on their MacBook Pros, and <laughs> they comment and they leave just really nasty or snarky comments on your business page or about you or whatever the case may be. I'm gonna tell you something that hopefully you grasp. That's a good thing. Trolls are good, okay? And I will tell you this, this is why. If a troll comes to my Facebook page and puts some snarky comment, who are the majority of people that follow my page? It's, it's people who like what we're doing, right? And support. And support what we're doing, right? They're, they're our fans, they're our friends, they're, they're these people. Nine times out of 10, I don't have to say a word my community will go whoosh and jump on them. But what ends up happening is that they comment and that actually does weight. what? It gives weight to my post. Thank you, troll. Okay, now, now the follow-up to that is uh, Gina, who's my fan, she goes on and she defends my product or my service and she says, what are you talking about? These guys are great, right? And then Kelsey does the same thing. Wait, 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 right? And now somebody's upset about it, so they share it. Can you believe they said this about this company? <laughs> Boom, yes, wait, right? <laughs> and, and the troll is like crawling back under the bridge or better yet, trying to defend himself or herself, right? Which then causes more discussion and more weight. That's actually not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Having said that, um, it's important as a company or as a business that you also comment, okay? And, and the reason for that is this. People need to know that you're paying attention. Because it's not necessarily a troll. Maybe it's someone with a legitimate right. Great, a and a lot of complaint. times your
1: gut response is to delete it. Yeah. You're, you're you you panic. Like, I and don't want this on my page. No, it's happened to me. It's like, this is horrible. Yeah, I don't, don't want anybody to see this. And people delete it yeah, without even thinking about it. Don't, don't ever never do that. Never <laughs> do that.
2: No, never do that unless it violates it's some. It's obscene or yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. But if it's just a troll comment or, or disgruntled individual. Or just a
1: individual, negative yeah, review. Yeah, don't
2: delete it. Respond to them. So one of our clients has this restaurant um, Really nice restaurant and somebody had commented said they had the worst experience ever there. Yada yada. I believe
1: the word was diabolical diabolical
2: (laughs) Anyhow, so what happened was so so part of what Brittany and I do for our clients is not just their social media But we do reputation management. So we handle all kinds of things on TripAdvisor and Yelp and uh, all the platforms where people can leave. Right. So all when these our clients
1: are panicking, we're that objective third voice. party that can come in and be the voice. Of How
2: music. dare they say that about my catfish? <laughs> um, settle down. We'll handle this. Right? So what happened was this, and I love this response from my client. My client said, tell that individual that I would like to treat them and their family to dinner at my restaurant with me there with them, because I want to make sure that their experience is what up to par with what I expect it to be at my restaurant. Okay. Now, that person might never do that, but you as a user, if you go to look at the reviews, you see this complaint, you're going to read it and go, ooh, that sounds bad. Then you're going to read the response and be like, hmm, wow, okay. So it's your opportunity and, wait, wait, engagement affinity. You know, and so you need to really understand it in those in those uh, contexts. Right. So
1: half the time, we're not even trying to convince that person to come back to us or be our friend because they're beyond hope. And that happens. But we know that there are eyes on our response. And this is our client's opportunity to tell their side of the story, which there's always another side of the story, and convince the prospective clients who are reading our response. And that's the way that we view it.
2: That's right. All right, one more slide, I think.
1: No, I think that's the last for best practices.
2: Yes, that's the last for best practices. But, you know, like I said, there's so much we could cover. There's so much in-depth when it comes to algorithms, best practices for individual things. We didn't talk about Pinterest. We didn't talk about Snapchat. We didn't talk about LinkedIn. We didn't talk about uh, so many other things that are out there that we're on every day. But we don't have time to do that in this session. Um, This is our company. It's called Connection. We're not looking to take on clients, just Throwing that out there, so we're not trying to get your business from a client standpoint, but we do have a Facebook page called Connection, and K
1: N E K T I O N.
2: Because six and a half years ago, we thought we were really clever and thought that sounds that sounds cool. It's phonetic; <laughs> nobody can remember how to I spell it. And
1: look at our logo; it's like a spider with a web. K. <laughs> with
2: a K in it. Yeah. Anyhow, um, but we do have we do have a Facebook page, which you know, if you're one of our clients, we answer your questions for free. Right? Or not for free. We answer your questions because you pay us. You? <laughs> but if, if, if we are consulting for you, we answer them on an hourly basis and you can actually call us on the phone, do a Skype call, whatever and we, we will consult with you. We, co- we bill by the quarter hour for that. But if you go to our Facebook page and ask us a question, guess what? We answer it for free! <laughs> for free! And I get paid quite a bit an hour. So... <laughs> I would highly recommend check us out on Facebook and ask us uh, questions there. And I think... Huh, everyone take a deep breath. Yes, you wow. saw. He made it. He
0: made it. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in today to that talk with Eric and Brittany Highland. If you want to find them, you can check them out on Facebook or on their website at rvwonderlust.com, or rvwonderlust on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, They would uh, kill me if I didn't give out their handles (laughs) at least one time, uh, because this is what they do. If there's any topics you want to hear on an upcoming episode of the RV Entrepreneur podcast, or any particular guest that you would love for me to interview, always feel free to reach out. I always love hearing topics from you guys. It makes my life easier as I'm coming up for content, because a lot of times I'm just looking for questions that people have that they want answered. I want to find somebody who is running a coffee shop from the road or actually I just reach out to somebody who's doing that and I'm trying to get them on the podcast anyway if there's somebody you want on the show or a topic you want covered reach out and let me know heath at campgroundbooking.com thank you guys again I'll see y'all next week on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast